In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, well, I think as everyone hopefully knows by now, uh, my life is about to drastically change in the next uh, few weeks. Uh, this uh, pregnancy, the last nine months, has uh, been different for <laughs> Tiffany and I, of, of course. We have different experiences with it, but it's been a wild ride, and although we're not parents yet, I have to say there's a lot I've learned. Uh, I've learned a lot from other people. Uh, anyone who's been a parent, you might remember the first time through, you get a whole lot of advice along the way. Uh, some of it you never asked for and maybe could do without. Uh, all of it, of course, is well-intentioned, and so I, I, I try to receive all of it. Uh, I've learned a lot of different things uh, about life uh, th- these last few months, getting ready to be a, a parent. But there has been one kind of recurring theme or message that I, I keep hearing from everyone, no matter what they say. And, and that is that life is about to become very different. That uh, in many ways, life is going to be turned upside down, flipped around. And what I thought was up is really down. And what I thought was wrong is really right. And what I thought was bad is good. That, that becoming a parent gives you a whole new perspective on life. Now, uh, those of you who are parents, you could probably give me a whole lot of examples of this. Uh, but let me share with you just one example that I've heard about. I haven't experienced it yet because I'm not there quite yet, but this is one I've heard about. I have been told, I've heard, that the sound of my newborn baby uh, will be the most beautiful, wonderful sound in the world. And I'm specifically talking about the crying and the screaming, right? Uh, People have told me that this is a good thing. I've never thought that before, believe it or not. I've never been in a restaurant or an airplane or waiting, waiting line at the grocery store and heard a baby crying and screaming and thought to myself, what a beautiful noise. Wish I could capture that and play it as I fall asleep each night. But uh, I've been told my perspective's about to change. My life is going to be turned upside down. And when I hear that baby crying for the very first time, that it might even bring tears to my eyes, that it's a good thing, a beautiful sound to hear your child crying. That's it's a very upside-down way of, of seeing the world. Uh, life is going to be flipped around. I'm about to gain this whole new perspective. But that's, I guess, what parenthood brings you. Um, that's also what the Bible gives to us, believe it or not. Uh, throughout the pages of the Bible, through the pages of the Scriptures, God is trying to turn our lives upside down. He's trying to flip everything around and give us a new perspective on how we see the world, right? From beginning to end, this is what God's Word is trying to do for us. It's trying to give us a new perspective, right? You think of some famous passages like, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. It's a very upside-down way of, of trying to see the world. It's th- true throughout the Scriptures. I, I think it's especially, though, true in our passage for today. Today we read uh, a section of Scripture from Matthew 5 called the Beatitudes, which is just the fancy Latin way of saying blessings. And today Jesus pronounces uh, a number of surprising, upside-down, flipped-around blessings upon us. And he's, he's trying to get us to see the world in a whole new way. He's trying to give us a new perspective on life today. I was trying to think of of how I could explain this when I thought of a couple of artists that I've heard about recently. Uh, Their names are Tim Noble and Sue Webster. Tim Noble and Sue Webster, they are a pair of, I I think they're British artists, uh, but they do a a number of of art uh, exhibits in the States here too. Well, uh, this, let me see here, I have one example of their artwork. I don't know if you can see it, uh, but if, if you can, if you can make it out what it is, it is a pile of junk sitting on a table. <laughs> and if you can make it out, you'll, you'll see that it's kind of riddled with bullet holes there. Now, uh, this is their artwork. 
you might walk into one of their exhibits and this is what you'd see. And, and if you did, you would probably be thinking, at least some of you would be thinking what I thought when I saw this for the first time. And, and that was, oh great, someone else has put a bunch of garbage in a room and decided to call it art. <laughs> and uh, pretty sure a three-year-old could do this, right? Not that hard, but someone's going to make a lot of money off of this junk. I guess that's art these days. Um, that's what I thought. Maybe that's what you thought too. Uh, I don't know if that's what Tim Noble and Sue Webster were going for when uh, they created this, but, but as, as I've been told, at some point when you're in this exhibit looking at this pile of junk, trash, boxes and cans riddled with bullet holes sitting on a table, at, at some point or another they turn on a light and all of a sudden you see this. Now, I don't know if you think it's beautiful, but but your perspective has changed, hasn't it? Where you once just saw garbage, trash, now you see a beautiful skyline of New York City. What was once this table filled with someone's throwaway items is now a work of art. I think it's pretty cool. You don't need to. That's okay. Uh, uh, but I, I do appreciate that the way that they're able to change your perspective. They flip your perspective around. They turn it upside down. So you see things that you never saw before. That is, in effect, what Jesus is doing for us today in the Beatitudes. He's shining a light into our lives so that we would see things that we never saw before. He's flipping our worlds upside down. Now, before we can really get into the Beatitudes, I just want to point something out to you. It's something you all already know. Uh, you all know that anytime anything takes place in the Bible, it's happening within a context. Uh, it's true of the life of Jesus. Anytime Jesus does something, heals someone, casts out a demon, anytime he preaches one of his sermons, there's always a context. He's doing it at a particular time in his life. Uh, every once in a while, you'll notice these little details. It'll say, like, on the third day or on the sixth day or when there was a Sabbath or when the Passover was happening, right? The, the biblical authors often point out to you the, the time context of when Jesus is doing something, and, and those are details we should be listening for. They'll, they'll tell us something. Uh, Jesus is also always speaking at a particular place. We don't always know what it is, but often we'll be told Jesus was in Cana or Capernaum or Galilee or he's finally in Jerusalem. And, and then, of course, Jesus is always preaching to particular people. These are not nameless, faceless people. There are always particular people he was preaching to. And, and that's the context I want us to just listen to for a second. I want you to listen to who Jesus speaks these series of blessings to today. Right, so let me just back up a few verses before reading for today to, to Mark, or I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 4. I'll start at verse 23. This is just three verses before where we picked up in our reading. So listen to who Jesus is speaking to. It says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness amongst the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. So did you hear who Jesus was preaching to today? Right? He's preaching to sick people, uh, people who had been suffering through pain for years, maybe decades of their lives, people who therefore probably would have been poor, not had too much money to their name. He's speaking to oppressed people and demon-possessed people. He's talking to a group of people that would have been pushed out to the edges and the margins of society. These were not people that anyone would have pointed a finger at and thought to themselves, you know what? 
those people are blessed. <laughs> These were not people themselves who would have ever looked in the mirror and thought to themselves, you know what, I, I must be really in God's favor today. Look at all the blessings that I have. They would have never thought that, right? In fact, they probably would have been thinking the opposite. They would have thought to themselves, what did I do so wrong that I'm in this situation? God must have forgotten about me or he must be angry with me. This must be a punishment that, that I deserve for something that I did, right? For, for all of the differences that 2,000 years has created between our culture and Jesus' culture, some things have not changed. <laughs> and who the world considers blessed, I think, is the same now as then. Both now and way back then, the blessed people in our world are the powerful people. They're the strong people. They're the people who have other people around them that they can snap their fingers at and get things done. The, the, the blessed people in our world and in Jesus' day were the, the rich people, wealthy people, the people with all of the the awards and plaques on the wall, all of the accolades they could write on their resume, all of the letters and titles in front of their names, right? And these people today have none of that. <laughs> they have no good reason to consider themselves blessed. And yet Jesus will go on to pronounce a series of blessings upon them. <laughs> so what I'd like to do now is, is actually, if, if you'll bear with me for a moment, to, to read these blessings again. And I know I just did about three minutes ago. But here's what I want us to do this time. Uh, you're going to have to be a little involved. When I read these blessings, what I want you to do is to put yourselves in the shoes of one of those people who were there that day. Maybe put yourselves in the shoes of someone who has been oppressed by a demon for a number of years. Your, your mind, your, your actions, your hands, your feet are out of your control. Or maybe put yourselves in the shoes of someone who is suffering through a chronic illness, someone who's been dealing with pain for decades and you've paid every doctor and no one's been able to help you and now you're homeless, you're living on the street and here's this Jesus saying something to you. Or, or maybe you've been suffering through seizures. But put yourselves in the shoes of one of those people, one of those poor, oppressed, pushed to the margins people and think about what it must have sounded like to have Jesus preach this message, this sermon for you. So let me read for you the words of Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, when they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Do you hear how life-altering these words would have been <laughs> for that crowd of people that, there that day? Do you see how that would have shaken their worlds and turned everything upside down? They, they, they went to that mountain where Jesus was preaching, thought that they were on the outside looking in thinking that they must have done something wrong, like they chose the wrong team to cheer for, like God had forgotten them. And now they leave that mountain knowing that they are blessed, that they're not on the outs, but that they have found God's favor. Do you hear what good news this would be? I, I, 
maybe it's obvious at this point, I think it needs to be stated, but, but these words today, these Beatitudes, this is not a checklist. <laughs> what Jesus gives us here today is not a prescription, right? You are not meant to go home and find someone who will revile you and persecute you, right? That's not the point. The point is not that you would go sell all of the, that you have so that you could become poor or that you need to find a reason to mourn. This is not Jesus adding more to your plate of something you must do in order to be blessed. No, this is, these are words of good news for those who have nothing. These are blessing pronounced to those who are on the outside looking in, who have never been a part of the cool crowd, who, who feel like they have had everything taken from them. For those who are running on empty, Jesus today fills them with blessing. Jesus today is shining a light into his kingdom and he's showing us how good and beautiful it is to live in the kingdom of God. It's not at all what we might think. What he values, who he values, is not at all as it seems. But today we get a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God. I, I, I think these words are good news. Uh, but the truth is, sometimes these words will challenge us, I think. They're meant to be words of comfort, but I, I think there will be times when these words will confront us. And we're going to wish that we could turn off the light and never saw what we saw. <laughs> And, and that's because we live in a world that, that presents to us a very different picture than the one we read about. And, and because we have been so ingrained in the ways of the world, what Jesus says to us today, it, it will confront us. And, and it, will, it will challenge us to see ourselves in a whole new light. It will challenge us to judge and evaluate the people around us in a whole new way. It will challenge us to live differently and desire differently. Uh, what we pour our time and our energy and our, into will, will be different, and that will be hard. It will be a challenge. But it is what life looks like in God's kingdom. And as much as, as these words present to us a, a beautiful portrait of life together as God's children in his kingdom, I, I think just as much do we get a portrait, an image today of our king. And here's what I mean. Can you think of a king in your life? Can you think of a king you've ever met or read about who was born into poor and inco inconsequential circumstances, like maybe into a manger to two teenage parents? Can you think of a king you know who mourned over the sin and death of, of this world and who cried at the funeral of his friends. Can you think of a king you've ever heard about or, or ever met who had all of the power and all of the authority given to him that anyone could ever imagine and yet who made himself meek and humble, who didn't brag or boast? Can you think of a, a king you've met who, who hungered and thirsted for righteousness, who longed for the day when this world's wrongs would be made right? Can you think of a king that you've read about who is exceedingly merciful and unendingly pure in heart, who battled and fought against sin, death, and the devil, but only so that you might have peace? Can you think of a king who is persecuted for righteousness, who is spoken against, mocked, and ridiculed? Today we get a beautiful picture of our King Jesus. And the blessings that he has for people like you, for anyone who has ever felt like they are not a part of the cool crowd or who they just can't seem to measure up according to the standards of this world, to anyone who feels like they are running on empty and they have nothing left to give, to anyone who mourns the sin and the brokenness and the death of this world, today Jesus promises you that he has blessings for you. He wants you to know that, that you are not on his bad side, <laughs> that he hasn't forgotten about you. He, he wants you to know today that you haven't chosen the wrong team, 
But instead, he wants to see you, you to see yourself as one who is blessed. In Jesus' name, amen.